Imagine meeting someone who says, I don't need the law, I don't believe in the law. I take a couple steps backward from that kind of person on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, you're watching Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and in our Inverse studio, we have Jonathan, Callie, and Siku with us. We're looking at the topic of the covenants. We spent about seven weeks looking at different aspects of the old and the new covenants and the old and new covenant responses and experiences and, and all the contracts. And a lot of these words are kind of like up there. If you're not familiar with them, we want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org. There you'll find the Inverse Bible Study Guides, and you can study each of these components in your own time at your own pace. If you want to look at past episodes, you can go to hopetv.org uh, hope inverse and you can see past episodes there as well. So hello everyone. How are hello, you? Hello. Hello. Good, good. Hello. How are good you? to see you and we're so happy to see you in your in your best, yes? yes. And uh, we are on the external. We are all shiny, <laughs> wow. wonderful human beings, but in the inside we are rotten. in need of we're rotten. Okay. <laughs> we are we are, we are in need of the grace of Christ. That's right. So we're gonna go to Romans chapter six and we're gonna look at how we are actually dead people inside and we're trying to pretend to be alive and mm. okay this is not working this but uh, we're gonna have a word of prayer and we're gonna go to the text Amen. yeah okay <laughs> let's go to Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 23 well we'll, we'll take it slower and Siku if you can pray for us sure let's pray loving father thank you for the gift of your word Thank you for the opportunity to study it. Thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit who can enlighten our minds, help us to understand these deep truths, that we may come to a clearer knowledge of you, mm-hmm. and that that knowledge of you would transform our lives. We pray that your blessing will be during this time. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, Jonathan, I wanted to ask you, I mean, we've talked a lot, a lot, a lot of theological terms, a lot mm-hmm. of this, like, like kind of, church language, a yeah. theology language, and what what has all this discussion, what has that really revealed about yourself? I mean, I kind of joked around that we are these evil people on the inside and shiny on the outside, but uh, joking aside, uh, what has, what what deeper insight, it's, this insights have you gained about yourself mm-hmm. through this study? I've noticed that, uh, that's a very good question, as I analyzed my life and, you know, when before Jesus, after Jesus and all those things, uh, before Jesus, um, there is this, we really it's a self-deception mm. that we're living. We're trying to figure out the mess that we're in. We, we're trying to deal with it in our own way. And that's exactly the problem. That's the old covenant experience. I'm trying to do things in my own way. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that I definitely did that for a, a large portion of my life. And when Jesus came into my life, uh, when I, you know, he, he, he offered that, hey, he can deal with all these issues. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw how amazing he is. I said, okay, you know, please do it. Mm. I thought things got better. Mm-hmm. And this is very simple, simplified. But the covenant, study on the covenants really, you know, uses this theological language to express those realities. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that's something I noticed. Yeah, too often theology kind of like goes up there, yeah. right? Yeah. And down here, I mean, we got issues. And that's <laughs> then, and this is why TV show, uh, talk shows like uh, Oprah and mm-hmm. Dr. Phil and Dr., you know, whoever, Oz. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they, they all deal with everything 
everyday issues. Right. But they may deal with it in very human ways, mm -hmm. and if, if you will, maybe even in old covenant ways to deal with old covenant problems, yeah? Yes. Just try harder, use more of this, and use these techniques. And there, some of them are efficacious, yes. but at the end, they all have their limitations, yeah. and they all have to come to the foot of Romans right. chapter six. And none of them deal with a sin problem. Yeah. It's usually just uh, symptoms. A, yeah, the symptoms, not yeah. the root. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, it just it makes, I realize that the shininess they want to keep on the outside it's more of an indication of my unshyness on the inside. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, before you judge me, we're all like that, yeah? So <laughs> we're all in this boat together. So let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 1. And Callie, if you can read verse 1 for us. Yes. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Okay, let's stop there and maybe pause. Again, we are in Paul. We are in, in the book of Romans. There is a lot of density here. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I've realized uh, for future episodes and for past, when we, when we slow things down, uh, it, it, uh, it, it makes it a little bit more clear. So in verses 1 through 7 that we just read, Siku, um, what, are, what are some insights that you see from those passages? Um, the first thing that I notice is he's coming from, Paul is coming from having talked about about the wonderful grace of God, mm -hmm. you know, what, what God does for us in Jesus Christ, what he makes available to us. Mm -hmm. And the temptation can be the temptation he's trying to start dealing with here is in light of what Jesus has done, then, you know, if I sin, I just repent, right? I sin and repent, sin and repent, sin and repent, and Jesus will always forgive me because he's got this abundant grace. Yeah. And you know, where sin abounds, grace more abounds, which means I can sin more and then I'll have more grace. Mm. And he's saying that's that's actually a, a delusion. Yeah, you're wrong. Um, you're wrong in thinking that way. He's like, so be, shall we sin that grace may abound? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. Actually, what happens is when we experience grace, it does something in us that we, we no longer want to live a life of sin. Mm -hmm. And so now he's ex he goes into explaining kind of uh, kind of mechanics of what that experience is like, you know, mm -hmm. leaving that life of sin behind and now living a grace-filled life. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Kelly. And just an analogy that comes to my mind is, so think about if you're you're in prison, right, and you're, you're shackled and God gives the grace, so that, that's, the, that's the signifying sin. And then God comes and he, he frees you and you're like, great, but I want to go back there and then you can just rescue me over and over and over again. Mm. It's like you never experience the freedom and you miss the whole point of him taking you out there in the first mm. place. Mm -hmm. And that kind of foolishness of like, thanks for my five seconds of freedom, I'm gonna go back into prison. Mm -hmm. That's how foolish it is mm -hmm. to have that mentality of let me just keep sinning because I'll get more grace. Like you you misunderstand what sin does to you. You misunderstand that it's literally shackling yourself again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, there are some people who in their spiritual experience, that's this is this is exactly what you describe is yeah. I sin. Uh, the only reason why they go to church is to to undo their sin, and they go back and then they go sin. Yeah. And then there there are 
perhaps institutions and religious organizations that really profit off of sin. Yeah. They do. The more you sin, we can take care of it. We can't solve the problem for you. We can make you feel better for a little while, but go out there and go out there again and come back and kind of like a 7-Eleven for, for sin temporary mm. relief. Yeah. Uh, what is, the, the Romans 6 is not yeah. talking about that. No, no. no. So Paul really wants to make that point clear. And what does he do? He goes to the life of Jesus and he looks here in verse 3 of uh, Romans 6. He says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized in Christ Jesus, so that means those who make a decision to surrender to Jesus, they were baptized into his death. Mm. Therefore, verse 4, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Okay, so let's stop right there. Uh, Paul is saying, when we were buried with Jesus, you know, in baptism symbolically, our old life, the life of trying to fix it myself, the life of, you know, sinning, trying to return and sinning again and, and not having victory, all that died with Jesus. When Jesus died, mm -hmm. because of his death, we can put that on him. He mm -hmm. takes all the curses, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And how does he continue? Uh, in verse 4, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Mm. The newness of life is the life of grace, the, lies, the life of uh, where through grace we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power, uh, and Jesus lives in us His life of righteousness and holiness and all the things. There's a lot of image of, of baptism here, yes. isn't there? And so there's the actual act of baptism where people are actually submerged yes. underneath the water and they come out. That may be a public ceremony and a public event right. that happens in real water, but that spiritual, uh, the spiritual event happens every single morning, right? right. Every right. single day, it start, it's refreshed, and we need to be baptized in Christ. We need yeah. to die in Christ and, and be resurrected with Him. Uh, Christ in me liveth, Christ, Christ in me is to it's live, to live to die. yet to die. But to die. It's I'm singing the, the song. It's the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah no, I, I sing that song in the morning. I need to sing it more because I don't know the words. All right, so let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. Shall we go in verse 8 onwards? Kelly, if oh, you don't mind. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay, we'll Siku doesn't think, want you to read. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, I think, an important point in verse 6. Verse 6. You know, before Please. we move on. Um, mm -hmm. That knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away, that we shall no longer be slaves yes, to sin. Yes, mm, that's very important. I think that's, that's crucial. Um, this death experience, what it means to die. Mm -hmm. Right. It means that I'm not a slave to sin anymore. And this what he's contrasting is the life that I was living before. I was a slave to sin. Right. Mm -hmm. um, everything that my body told me to do, I, I did because I had no power within me to resist right. those temptations. Yes. I was a slave to a certain type of life. But now when he talks about being resurrected in the newness of life in verse four, this new experience that I have yes. now, I have freedom. Now I can say no to those things because Christ gives me the ability to say no no to those mm -hmm. things that I don't want to mm -hmm. do anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's the contrast that mm -hmm. he's putting. Oh, out. one wonderful news that, that we can be free from the slavery right. of sin. That may sound very, very cliche, Christian, Christian lingo, right. but that's sinful thoughts and the thoughts in the mind. That may be yeah. chemical addictions. That can be entertainment. It could be bad relationships. It could be all sorts. Yes. Uh, that, that category is very, very, very broad, yes. uh, but it's all inclusive of that. So, and we're talking about covenants. So I just wanted to emphasize what she's saying. Uh, to be a slave to sin, to be a slave to me dealing with all these things, that's what it means to have an old covenant experience, mm. okay? And the new covenant experience is to, to be freed from that, to have freedom in Christ, and now the freedom and the power 
of Christ in me performing, you know, not performing, but, but doing his will and his work. So that's, that's what it means to have an old and new covenant experience. And it's very important mm-hmm. that we understand that uh, because that's what Paul is talking about here. Mm-hmm. And then even, even in chapter 7. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Kelly, verse 7. Verse oh, verse 8, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it, it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Mm-hmm. Okay, stop there and a good, good place to pause. Yeah. And when we come back after the break, we're going to look at how do, does this, this body of sin, how does that affect me and how do I overcome it by Christ's righteousness and His grace? So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're in Romans chapter 6, and we just read a passage about this, this body of sin, this mm-hmm. body of death. You know, uh, I, I, I heard a sermon once. A pastor was talking about one of the Roman ways to uh, torture someone was not only the crucifix. The crucifix was a horrible way to die, probably if not the most horrible way to die, of which our Lord and Savior was crucified. But another way was that they would, t- they would strip the clothes off of a prisoner, and they would take a dead body of a former prisoner and place them on top of you and attach from hand to hand, arm to arm, you know, chest to chest, leg to leg, cheek to cheek, and you'd be suspended uh, with chains with this dead body hanging on you. Now, not only you have this stench going on as this, you know, this gangrenous zombie is like on you, but after a while, all that bacteria starts um, being transferred over to you as the living prisoner. Mm. And so here you are, you are alive, but you're dying while living. That's terrible. And it eventually becomes a part of you, and it's very difficult to, even if you were to be freed, you just have this, you know, dead gang, you know, there. And so that, a lot of that imagery is found here in this passage, Mm. and, and and afterwards, wow. and is and use and, and 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 Paul says, "Who shall deliver me from this body of death?" I mean, there, wow. it may be that he's thinking of that, mm-hmm. and rather than just kind of a surgical and exact incision, even if it were exact, you still have remnants, and it is still you have dead. Some part of you has died. Mm-hmm. Here, you see a total transformation. Mm-hmm. That not only does this body die, but you die. Both of you die in Christ, and there's a total new recreation and a reconstruction yes. in. The resurrection. There's a lot of reads there, and then and, and, and in comes out and rebirth. Oh, I got one more. In there. Um, so here in verse 12, after this experience, do you not let sin reign in your mortal body, nor should you obey in the lust thereof. So a lot of this image 
imagery is very a lot a lot of vivid visual uh, allegory going on. Yeah. Jonathan, you know, once we give our lives to Jesus, mm. uh, there we are freed from the slavery of sin. Mm -hmm. uh, however, there is still we are still living in this side of heaven, and there is still the potential, you know, to 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 fall and so on, and it happens, right? Uh, but what Paul is trying to say here is change the direction. Um, as you walk with Jesus, make a conscious decision through His strength, you know, do not let the sin reign in your mortal body. You have a choice. Verse 13, do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Mm. So he's saying, you have a choice. Yeah, you could choose to still sin, but he said earlier, you know, should we sin that grace may abound? No, no, don't. You, you choose to follow Christ. You choose to let Him live in your life. Mm -hmm. If you don't choose that, sin will reign in your body again. Mm -hmm. You know, it, yeah. it can come back. Mm -hmm. But that is why that continual decision to follow Jesus and trusting in Him is important. But we do, we have understood uh, that, you know, um, that our decision to follow Jesus, He covers us with His righteousness. Mm -hmm. and, and Jesus works with us. He understands our weaknesses, but he's going to help us, as we're going to see later on in chapter 7. You know, there's victory in Jesus and mm -hmm. in chapter 8 through the Holy Spirit, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this is just something to keep in mind. It's a decision we have to make every day. Yeah, and I think that's a very important practical point in terms of our Christian experience. You know, in verse 11, just to go back one verse before from the one you read, mm -hmm. verse 11, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be mm. dead indeed to sin. That's yes. right. This is, is about an attitude, the, the, the perspective that you have now you're like okay that was me that's not me anymore and what Jesus has done you know in in me making a decision to give my life to him he's now given me the ability to even make that decision mm -hmm. right. to be like mm -hmm. that's that's not who I choose to be any longer I choose Christ mm -hmm. right and it's a daily experience of I feel I'm being pulled in this direction but I'm like I reckon myself I consider myself I have made the choice that right. this is the person that I want to be I want to be yeah. like Jesus not that. Mm. And and that constant decision um, of choosing Christ every day, that's, I mean, that's the Christian struggle, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but it's a struggle that, that we have won because we know that Jesus right. has won. And ultimately his goal is to bring us to the place where, you know, in the glorification, like yeah. where that will be gone. But for now, while we're on this earth, we still have to deal with that being a temptation. You know, right? reckon yourselves to be dead. I mean, I'm going to use an illustration here. You have a temptation and in the old covenant experience way of thinking of it is like, well, the Bible says reckon yourselves to be dead. So here's this temptation. Well, I'm dead. 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And the more you focus and hone in onto yeah. this, whatever this is, you mm -hmm. can fill in the blanks of what this could be. This could be, you know, uh, chocolate, alcohol, whatever, whatever it could be, you know, you know mm -hmm. rice, <laughs> whatever it is. You know, and you say, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And you say, you know, for a dead person, rice has no effect on the dead person, right? <laughs> but for someone addicted to rice, the, the, the person's going to salivate. Right. But the more you focus on, and even you may even read this Bible verse over and over, and you may meditate and reckon, 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 this becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. And old covenant people, they know the Bible. Old covenant people, they know the temptation. Old covenant experiences, they know that this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But that little calibration over to the other side, new, new covenant is like, you know what? This isn't my struggle. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
My struggle is to keep my eyes on right. Jesus. Jesus. And that's yes. and that's what it says, you know, right. in verse and if focusing on Jesus allows mm -hmm. for whatever and this just becomes an insignificant pen afterwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very powerful illustration. Verse 11, it says, you know, you reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but, but alive to God in Christ yes, Jesus yes, the Lord. Yes, yes, right. The new covenant experience really you change your focus. Instead of focusing I shouldn't do all these things and I shouldn't sin and this and this, you focus on what does Jesus want me to do, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, he told me I should take care of the poor. I should, you know, reach out to the people who are struggling, reach out, you know, with the gospel. There's so many things we are we are called to do. do. And yeah. when you focus on on selfless behavior, when you focus on what Jesus is calling the life that he's calling you to live, you're going to forget about those. You're not going to have time to consider the sins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're going to be dead to that because you're alive to because Jesus. You're, alive. you're living for Jesus. You're not just focusing on like the temptation is right there. Jesus, give me the strength to resist. <laughs> yeah. No, you're too busy to even see the temptation. Right. But I would also go one step further. Mm -hmm. It's not that Jesus makes you so busy that you don't right. see this, but there is that, that component. Sure, sure. <laughs> but there is a transformation that takes yes. place yes. that in the midst of the what, what, what Jesus is telling right. you to do, that all of a sudden this pen which exactly. is so I could not say no to. After a while, it's just like, you know, it's just the pen. What's the big deal? Because there's a joy. It goes away. Mm -hmm. And that's where you, right. you start, you know, hallelujahs and the Pentecostalism <laughs> starts kicking in. Yeah. Right, right. You, you, no, but that's very true because as you engage in, this, in, in the things that Jesus is calling you to be alive in, you, you, this transformation takes place and you experience the joy of true life. Mm. That's what you were designed for originally, right? And then the old things that used to be so tempting, like worthless like this is nothing compared to how amazing my life with Jesus yeah, yeah, is yeah. and that's where a lot of Christians they see Christians who have that amazing experience like how can I get it how can I get it the, the truth is it's very easy Paul is telling us you know focus on Christ surrender to Christ and you will have that experience I, I know we, we got to move on but um, something that struck me <laughs> was, was on the outside like on the outside it may look different right um, the old covenant experience may look like you're a Christian and you're doing doing all the right things but at the end of the day, it's actually the same as a heathen who doesn't know God, mm. right? Because your focus is on the exact same stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, and the difference becomes when your focus turns to Christ. Mm -hmm. I, I just yes. thought, you know. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's a very, very profound point. You have bad people. You have people who don't know about Jesus. And you have people who know about God and trying to do all this good stuff on their own strength. Really, they're all in the same boat together. Yeah. They're the same package. Yeah. And this is the irony that there are people who are like, you know, I go to church. I believe in God. And I'm a really good person. They are, in a sense, they're almost desensitized mm -hmm. to the new covenant experience. And you say, yeah, it's really easy, but just like the Pharisees and just like the you know, church people, yeah. and I say that with a lowercase a, lowercase p, right? Uh, that they sometimes it's hard. There's a veil yes. over their their minds, and then they're hanging out with Hagar, and then yeah. there's Ishmaels all around them. All right, so just keep <laughs> keep on going, keep on going. Verse wow. 15. Verse 15. Mm -hmm. We are using a lot of allegories and just yes. multi-layer <laughs> stuff. Okay, verse 15. Um, um, Siku, if you can read verse 15 mm -hmm. for us. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Mm. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave to whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves to righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness, 
lawlessness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Mm -hmm. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit do you, did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, mm. you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our wow. Lord. Amen. Okay, so break this down for us because, you know, Paul, ah, Paul, <laughs> He's just being Paul. Paul. Well, Paul, Jonathan. Paul, Paul. Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> Paul. So what Paul is doing here is uh, he likes to, you know, t take a concept or a story and use it as an allegory or as an illustration. And okay. so now he takes the, the, the concept of slavery, right? And he says, I speak in human terms, so bear with me, he's trying to say. Yes. But he's saying, a slave, you know, whatever master you have, you do what that master is telling you. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, you have a choice. You are either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. Sin, that's a natural, you are automatically a slave to sin. You, you, that's your, you know, that's how you are. But when Jesus, when you, when you pick Jesus, right, as your master, you become a slave to righteousness because that will be the natural outcome if you, you know, if he's in your life. Now, you know, when we hear the word slave, we have, that triggers all kinds of images in our mind and it sounds like, oh, Jesus is that, you know, with the whip and he's just, no, 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 no. Uh, this is a decision of, I serve Jesus now. Yeah, which and one? Exactly. Who is my master? That's mm -hmm. the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kelly? And I love how he appeals. So he, he presents both. You know, here are your two yes. options. And he's like, just in case you don't realize how easy of a decision this should be, in verse 21, or verse 20, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Verse 21, sorry. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? Mm -hmm. For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves to God, you have your fruit to holy and the end everlasting life. Mm -hmm. So he's like, even if, like, he's like, this shouldn't even be a decision. Why would you ever choose? Like, you were ashamed of the things that you used to do. So why would you even be like, well, I have two masters. I might consider the first one. Like, he's like, that's an idiotic decision. Focus here. Mm -hmm. And if we think about in our own lives, right? Like, you think about the times that you weren't a Christian, you didn't know God, and like, yeah, I'm ashamed of those times in my life. I'm not like, man, those were good times. We should go back when I had fun, back in those sinful times. Like, that's not how the mind works. He's like, those, it was, it, you're ashamed of what you did, and it was complete suffering and death that it led to anyways. Because yes. sinful pleasure lasts for a moment. Right. But being slaves, if we're using that analogy, being fully obedient and surrendering to God, it's not only good in the moment, but it leads to goodness and actual pleasure that lasts life. longer than a moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Maybe you've been looking at the law and you've been looking at God's righteousness and you're thinking, how can I keep this by myself? Or you may be thinking, I've, been, I've done actually a pretty good job of keeping this by myself. And what Paul says is this is all a foolishness and this is all, you're, you're, you're dead. You're dead in your sins. From this, for our conversation here today, my takeaway is this, is that we need to be empowered by grace. And with that grace, we start fulfilling the law in our lives. We cannot keep the law by ourselves. Mm. We need grace. So if someone says, I don't need the law, I don't need any of this, I'm doing a good job by myself, you probably want to step back a little bit because you don't know what they're going to do next to you. <laughs> our prayer is, let's live by grace under the power of Jesus Christ flowing through us, through 
acts of righteousness coming out naturally in our minds, thinking, thoughts, and in our hearts, and in our actions. Mm. God bless you guys. This is our prayer. Well, hopefully you guys have been blessed while you're watching in our ARC study on the topic of the covenants. We'll, we'll see you next week when we look at Romans chapter 7 and looking at the role of the law and the role of people trying to keep the law by their own strength and those keeping the law by God's strength. You won't want to miss it. So we'll see you next week here on Inverse. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.